something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. I got this feeling that I've been here before. Hello and welcome back to another episode of We Knows Parenting. I'm Peter McNerney. I'm Beth Newell. We are married and we have children. Our children are two and oh, almost four. So close. We're so close. The Week in Review, Beth. I I don't know if you remember in our last episode, we talked about a family vacation coming up. And we said, I think at certain points, we said, uh, this will definitely, like something like, this will definitely be the most stress-free vacation we've ever had. I don't think I said that. I said it, and you agreed. I said it would be less stressful than previous family reunions because of the location. Yeah, okay. How did we do? It was much better. Yeah. It was, our kids are older. They're mm-hmm. a little easier. They uh, were, Bryn kind of learned how to swim with floaties on. That was, uh, to me, the greatest victory of the week, was he loves the water. Yeah. It was a a real lesson in uh, Bryn's learning style, which I think we've discussed. But he just, much like you, does not respond to direction, does not want to (laughs) hear any guidelines as to how swimming works. He just wants to get in the water, choke on a lot of water, learn through the process. He's an experiential learner. Yeah. Yeah. I I am definitely that way where if you explain it to me, yeah, that's interesting, but it's abstract until I have an experience to relate it to. I, it does, uh, It's passing through me. So I got to jump in and I got to fail. Ironically, and learn it. you love to explain it back to the person who was trying to explain it to you in the true. first place. Oh my gosh. You know what? Wow, that's true. Uh, I think that's me. Uh, that's my that's me being proud of myself for understanding and wanting to share uh but i've never it's insane to me i've never thought about that of how insane that is yeah i don't want you to explain anything to me. really maddening to try to do anything with you wow once i thought i have myself all figured out (laughs) 
<laughs> but yeah, I did try to teach him. I was like, here, here's how to use your arms. And I let go of that pretty quick. And I realized like, oh, just let him f- figure it out. Like, you're not going to teach him how to do laps. Just me- He is fell in love with the water and he figured out his own little funny doggy paddle and he swallowed a lot of water. And just letting him... I think I was more comfortable just letting him swallow lake water than you were. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a real test of control issues and trying not to have kids hurt themselves. Mm-hmm. And there's so many times in parenting where I have to be like, okay, they're going to hurt themselves and I just have to be okay with the fact that at least they're not going to die doing this. I think we both learned a lesson in that lake. And mine was that, that like, just let him do it his own way. And you were a little, him like especially coughing on things, you were like, are you grabbing him? And then you would let go of that. But there were times when, like, if I was grabbing him, he's wearing this, I guess they call it like a puddle jumper. um, It's like arm floaties with a chest piece. Yeah. So he's not going under. So it's like, it doesn't automatically keep his head above water. He has to make some effort to do that. So there's times where he'd be choking and then sort of like his head is like going to fall back underwater. So I would grab him by the chest of the puddle jumper and lift upward so that I knew his face was not going back in the water while he was choking. And you would grab him by the arm and just pull him towards you, which doesn't have any like upward out of water effort behind it. I understand the concern, but I was certainly <laughs> pulling him up first. I don't know. There's but I, the real when solution you, you was... You jumped in the water and splashed waves in his face and he was choking and this is someone who just learned how to swim with floaties like is, an hour ago. The thing is, whenever he would get water in his face, and I think the solution was us both leaving him alone. I know, but I was, I calmed down when I saw him learn to process it, and you had no concerns from the beginning about splashing water into your kid's face well, while again, he's choking. In the end, I, I was right, because that's how he learned. <laughs> okay. I mean, I wasn't trying to get water in his face. I did do a big dumb splash at one point. I'm just but, saying, well, the, I think having no concern for your kid's safety is not necessarily like the best method. I'm well, saying we're meeting somewhere in the middle and it worked out. Yes, yes. I, I don't have no concern, mm, but I do have less concern. From your perspective, I totally understand why it feels that way. Uh, but yeah, we it ended up great. And by he was in the, the water every single day for a week. And by the end, I wanted him to be able to... Uh, I was trying to get him to jump in the water and be okay with his head going under, but I let go of that battle too. Well, he did do it once and he was... Such a strong mixture of proud and like, I'm never doing that again. Yeah. So whenever he would swallow water, we would both, it, it would seem terrible. He's like, oh, 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 oh. We're like, oh no, do you want to get out? He's like, no, I want to swim. Yeah. And he was fine. Uh, so that was great. Very dramatic. The house was much less dangerous. And yeah, I mean, we were, we were on top of things, but so were other people because it was, there was less to be worried about. And, like, they weren't going off a cliff. For some reason, talking about that just reminded me of when um, we were at my parents' house a couple weeks ago eating ice cream cake. And he, someone asked him if he was getting full, if he was too full and didn't want any more while he was mid-eating this piece of ice cream cake that he was obsessed with. And he accidentally said, yeah, I'm full. (laughs) And then he tried to recover really quickly, realizing he said the wrong thing because he didn't want his ice cream cake taken away. And he was like, um, I mean... Um, I'm very hungry. <laughs> and it was the funniest, <laughs> realest moment. 
it's like literally watching somebody for the very first time <laughs> try to lie so blatantly. It's like, it's fast. We obviously, as adults, you've had a lot of years to learn some tact. It was just the misspeaking and the trying to recover, I think, that was so yeah. funny. But, well, I got to say, my favorite part of the trip was when the four of us were out in the lawn, and I don't know how it started. Um, probably Bryn who likes to dictate how to play. You be this and you say this. Um, but he made us switch roles in our lives. And he played daddy and Maven played mommy and I played Bryn and you played Maven. And I found what then followed to be incredibly illuminating and hilarious. <laughs> um, yeah, it was funny seeing he's like a pretty committed improviser. And I think one of the funnier moments, he was like walking around playing you um, very confidently and then at one point i said um daddy why aren't you wearing any pants because he loves to walk around in his underwear and he was like um uh and then he just changed the subject <laughs> he couldn't <laughs> he was like let's go to school he's also it was really funny because like immediately in this role-playing game Maven and Bryn's thing was that they were trying to get us to go to school, which is <laughs> such an ongoing morning battle we have with them. It's just like, yeah. we have to get you out the door. And so it's so funny that they picked that as the role play. <laughs> I mean, that's a big part of our relationship is me telling them to do things very directly. And and I was, in the end, I was very happy with how I was portrayed. Because <laughs> there, yeah, there was a lot of like, got to do this, got to do that. But there was no... Uh, anger or like overly sternness. He was just they. They both played just these like confident. I'm telling what to do because that's what parents do. But my favorite part was when we pretended to get upset, and uh, I started crying, and I I started doing what Bryn does, which is that like I'm being disagreeable, and I don't like this. No, I don't want to. I want to. Don't want to go to school. And my favorite moment is my favorite moment was. When he just gets still and he looks at me and he goes, it's okay to be sad. And I was like, wow, Bryn, that was some great parenting. Yeah. And Maven just repeats everything he says. My yeah. my impression of Maven was just like, you wearing a shirt? <laughs> you wearing a shirt? Dash your shirt? Uh, she just loves to ask them. She asks the most obvious questions all the time. I know this is like a toddler thing, but she goes, yeah. you mommy? Your mommy? Yeah, she. Just, I think there's there's something that obviously feels great about validation. <laughs> I, just, like, I know things. I love the idea that she constantly just wants to confirm, like, you're my mommy, right? Jade, real quick. Oh, wow, this reminds me of, you've heard this, I think, but my, f <laughs> this is a little bit of a tangent, but my favorite story of my cousin, uh, Ben, when he was little, we grew up very close to our cousins and they had four kids, we had four kids. And so my mom was giving my older brother, Andrew, and my cousin Ben a bath. And they were probably six, maybe, and they're getting, maybe younger, I don't know. They're getting undressed and getting in the tub. And Ben, who's a very serious, like, quiet, introverted kid, is about to take off his underwear. And he stops and he looks at my mom and he just goes, you see my penis, right? And she said, yes. He goes, oh, okay. And he gets in. Yeah, he probably just had like a stern lecture from his pediatrician or something about who gets to see your penis. A stern lecture from your pediatrician? Did you not have that talk with your pediatrician? No. Uh, Dr. Bagown never talked about 
that. Oh, I feel like that was an ongoing thing of like them because they have to like, you know, mm-hmm. look at you and examine intimate parts of your body. And I feel yeah. like they so they constantly want to remind you at the pediatrician like this, this is, is not okay normal. here, yeah. but this should not be something that's happening to you. <laughs> I wonder if that's a gender difference. Do you think girls get that talk more than boys? I don't know because my pediatrician was very um, weird towards me for certain gender reasons. Like he would always, every single visit would tell me how pretty I was. And then he would tell me to say thank you for his compliment. What? Which was just so condescending. And the older I get, the more insane it seems to me. But it was just like acceptable misogyny those days. That's insane. I mean, that would be totally insane right now. Uh, I would hope so. I mean, I think, but I don't think like it, it was not on my mom's radar because it was just so normal in those days for people to be like, you should be very grateful that someone finds you attractive. That's bizarre. I mean, yeah, if 10, even 10 years ago. But I'm sure he thought he was doing a great thing because I'm sure he said that to every little girl that came in all day, every day. And he was like, look at me building up these girls' confidence or something. Yeah. Anyway. um, Um, How was he old? I mean. I mean, when you're little, everyone's old, I guess. Yeah, he was a grown up. He's older than my mom. Um, We... I have this very fond memory of our pediatrician, Dr. Bagown, but I don't really remember much. I think he just had a great playroom, and we all had him, and he was very quiet and got the job done. Done. And just what a name. I'll tell you what, I've done a lot of improv shows where if I have to be a doctor, Dr. Bagown is the first thing that pops into my head, and it sounds like a fake name, doesn't it? Bagown? It sounds like a real name. Bagown. Anyway, that story about Ben reminded me I, of that video you posted while we were on vacation of Bryn um, getting mad at me for something random, like telling him he couldn't do something. And then he kept saying, I'm not going to be friends with anyone at school. And that was his weird. <laughs> That's his revenge for you not helping him with something. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to. It's so dramatic. I'm not going to be friends with anyone at school. And then his, his <laughs> slump shoulder fast walk away. <laughs> It's just the perfect metaphor for how whenever any of us are getting angry, we're just punishing ourselves. <laughs> uh, yes, go to my Instagram, M-I-C-N-E-N, and uh, check out what we're talking about. It's very funny, I promise. <laughs> At the very end of that, I go, that makes sense. And then he goes, it doesn't make sense! <laughs> I don't think he knows what that means. No, he was just trying to be disagreeable about everything we said. <laughs> it doesn't make sense! Thanks. <laughs> Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. 
Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now it's time for We Knows Wins. This is where we talk about some successes we've had in parenting uh, as of late. Beth, you have something you feel good about. So I want to talk about Bryn's birthday, which is... Coming up. It's coming up fast. I, as usual, this is sort of like a abstract win. But uh, I think something about my parenting struggle is that I am a perfectionist and I would like things to be perfect and that's impossible with children and so I'm learning balance mm-hmm. and how I'm learning how to put in an appropriate amount of effort towards events that makes me feel not insane but also makes me feel accomplished mm-hmm. so for Bryn's birthday I, I think we've talked about this for like for the last couple birthdays for our kids we've done almost nothing because they're little and they don't know but he's yeah. getting to this point where he does understand and Maven just had a birthday so now he kind of has expectations and you crushed it with those unicorn cupcakes yeah so uh, originally the plan was like let's make cupcakes for Bryn make things even but he requested cow cupcakes for some reason and I thought that was just an arbitrary thing on his part but he remembered it a couple months later and yeah, he's he still remembering it, it. He still keeps saying cow cupcakes so I did some online research. None of the cow designs look easy to accomplish. And the thing with decorating cupcakes in a specific way is you then have to buy a lot of materials and plan it out and it takes time and energy and it's the the money starts racking up where you think you're saving money by doing something yourself and then all of a sudden you spent like $80 on like pieces of candy and stuff. Yeah. So I decided let's just have someone else figure this out for us and hire someone. And so 
he's not getting cupcakes, but he's going to get a cow birthday cake, which I sent you to the cake store. This was also a brave thing you did, which is you entrusted me to get this done. And this is the thing for me where I'm trying to learn to not care about these details. You know what? You're not going to love this cow cake. (laughs) I don't think... I think the joy of not having to do any of it myself will lower my expectations. You also may never see this cake, which that's, might be the best. I walked true. into the so I walked into the cake store and I was like, uh, I want to order a cake for a four year old's birthday party or some or some cupca- cupcakes. She's like, All right, cake, what do you want on it? I'm like, he wants a cow. And then she looked at me, <laughs> then like what do you mean? That's so funny. I, I was like, I assume this is normal. And then you have follow up questions. And then I suddenly felt so dumb. And well, then, and would, then we went through it and she's like, what kind? And I was like, well, I guess I hadn't really thought about it. So I'm like, now I'm designing a, a cow cake in my head. I'm like, I guess just if it's a cake, we can just put a, the face, like a cartoon cow face on the cake and write happy birthday, Bryn. And she goes, okay, just the face. I'm like, I guess. And she goes, what kind? What kind of cow? I was like, you know, just like white, brown spots. And then she goes, you mean black spots? With the most <laughs> judgmental look. Like there's, She's the one that asked you like she didn't understand what a cow looks like. Well, she was just like, cows have black spots, you idiot. So I, I go on my, and now I'm like, I'm getting on my phone and I Google brown spotted cow. And then I show her a picture of a brown spotted cow. So now cow. you're arguing with her over the color. Why didn't you just relent and like, does it matter? Well, I mean, I now I had start. Yeah. Well, she just treated me like I was so dumb. I was like, I just don't want you to think I'm dumb. Look, this is a picture of a brown spotted cow. And then she goes, so do you want that on the cake? And it's a stock photograph of oh, a cow. No. And I'm like, no. This is what I'm happens just when you trying you. to mansplain cows to someone. Like, <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I'm So then I realized, oh, I assumed that this would be a place where they're like, Oh, so like, how about this? Instead, she was just like, tell me exactly what you want. And so then I was like, okay. So then I start looking at pictures of cows and I quickly then just Google brown cow cartoon. And then there's just a bunch of like cartoon cows. I I I would have just Googled cow cake and given her the most simple to execute cake. Yeah. Well, I expected somebody with some expertise to be asking me questions. Instead, I quickly found okay, a cartoon so cow. I emailed it bizarre. to them. And then she goes, what colors do you want? I'm like, cow colors. So I guess like maybe white frosting and the cow can be white with brown spots. And then the decorations can be sort of like brown, orange, yellow, sort of fall colors. That's what I think when I think cow. You think of fall? It's not August. F- not fall. But but the colors of a brown spotted cow. That, I can't like, wait to see orange, this cake. This is going to be insane. Orange, brown, yellow. It's a kid's birthday. It's just like blue background with a cow on it. This um, might be the best cake ever. See, this is exactly why it is great. How much are we paying for this cake? There's the thing. I did the whole thing. They're like, we can have it by then. But somebody will call you about the price. I was like, you, this is. They're doing now. They're doing like a mural of fall foliage. It's going to run us like eighty bucks. No, no, I, I made it clear um, that I wanted very simple. Okay, they're going to call me, and well, I'm not, if it's really expensive, ten colors. Ten colors. I said orange. I said orange, white, orange, and brown. Uh, and then I was like, maybe a little yellow. Uh, and then the cake itself is going to be vanilla cake with chocolate, <laughs> chocolate. I frosting in the middle so that when you cut it, it's like a white and brown cow. I 
can't believe you insisted on brown spots. Well, she was so judgmental, Beth. <laughs> cows don't have brown spots. Yes, they do. But I they bet, also have black spots. I know, but the judgment, I don't want to be wrong. Oh, and God. I proved her right. By the way, a black and white cake, I think, is a little less dynamic than some textured browns and oranges. I can't wait to see this. I should have just asked her to You've make the whole... You've turned my win into a loss. <laughs> um... Anyway, the only thing you're upset about is the logic I used for the design choices. If she had is, said, like, brown and white, and I'd said, yeah, you'd think this was no, great. No, but this is like every argument you and I get into about, like, how to hang a shelf or something is you ch- try to mansplain these arbitrary truths that you've come up with that don't serve the greater ease and execution of the project. <laughs> this is a this is a big stretch. No, it's not. The result of the cake will be will be the same. It'll as be if fine. I had said, I'm just sure. Say, I'm just saying you yeah. when you are hiring someone to do something for you, you could give it to them in a more simple way that won't rack up the cost. The, no, no, this is exactly what I was trying to do. <laughs> And she was helpless. And I realized like later, like, oh, she just needs to get the, enough information to give to the person that's actually doing this. And she had zero agency to be like, oh, here's what we do. Here's what's a, what works, okay, what doesn't. Okay, but when she said, you mean white and black, you, should, you could have been like, sure, white and black. Well, she didn't say that. She, she said something like, cows aren't brown. <laughs> I was like, and okay, then I had a but- picture iconically in terms of what a four-year-old is picturing a cow to look like he is picturing black and white oh you don't know that i do know that because every representation of a cow he's seen has probably been black and white uh i think see you're in her camp i don't when i think of a cow i think <laughs> I of brown am spots. in her camp because she's like what are you asking for here? A simple cow or something you're imagining? I was asking for a simple cow oh, and she God. made it. This is the dumbest argument we have ever had. No, it's not. It's emblematic of every argument we have. And No, the- <laughs> I stand by this 100%. She, I, I was making, trying to make it simple and she treated oh me like I was God. insane. And so then I, then I had to design this the whole exactly cake. exactly like when I was giving our kids half and half mixed with water so that they wouldn't have a We talked about this last week. And you want to mansplain point out that it's technically not milk and just I cause did, disruption okay, I just so that you can be the right. The last time you did that, last week, literally, oh, okay. I did not do that. Okay, but I'm just saying I this is a note. constant pattern where your needing to be right comes above I took the, the greater note. good. <laughs> I took the note, but not in this case. This woman made me design a whole cake, and I did, and I did a great job. Anyway, I came home, and Bryn brought it up again. It was my birthday. Am I going to get a cow cake? And I smiled and I said, you just might, Brent. You might get a cow cake uh, at school. And then he made an additional request. Uh-oh. Uh, and he goes, can the cow be fighting a unicorn? <laughs> <laughs> wow. This is like some sort of need to defeat Maven's birthday. <laughs> yeah. um. And I wanted so badly because i thought it was so funny like a cow and a unicorn in battle to like talk about it and like joke about it but i was like i can't let you fall in love with that image because now you're gonna hate your cow cake but to your original point i mean when they call you you could ask for that and see what they say 
Yeah, maybe. Because I honestly would love to see <laughs> that image on a cake now. As, uh, that would be great. I don't uh, want to promote, let this kid constantly promote violence, but that's a funny cake. I mean, this is, I just picture them both sort of on their hind legs with their hooves up. Yeah. Like a, like a coat of arms type of pose. It's like that Discovery Channel, like shark versus alligator thing. Like, yeah. Who would win? Who would win? Oh, gosh, um, maybe I will. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm talking to the actual designer... Well, uh, that's the thing. It sounds like this woman was kind of useless, and when you talk to the person who's actually going to execute it, they'll probably be like, oh, yeah, fine. Yeah. Like, whatever you want. <laughs> I mean, I just kept saying... She asked me more questions. I kept... Originally, I was like, he's four. It doesn't matter. <laughs> just He just wants a cow. He, it's a cow cake. Put it's a cow on the cake. Not complicated. Um, um, the other... So the other aspects of this birthday that I think are, uh, again, this... this uh, nice need for balance is uh we i don't want to spend a lot of money on him again because he's still not quite old enough to really appreciate things so instead of ordering him one of the many like billion dollar lego sets that are all star wars for some reason i found this 20 dollar off-brand set of lego people (laughs) that um is is a variety of just random generic looking people. And we ordered it. It came in the mail yesterday and um, none of these people are assembled. So it's like, how many people? 40? At least. There's a lot of people. Every hand, every arm, every leg, every pelvis, every torso, head and hair are separated. I still think worth it and the price was amazing well it's easy for you to say who built three of them and i built all the rest you wanted to this is exactly the kind of project you love you're right but boy my fingers are messed up like they're this is great (laughs) we got what we paid for here's what i love about this is that we don't have a million legos and i think he really mostly just wants to play with the people not the legos yeah he's i do think i uh, he is old enough to i i, I want to get him some just like generic lego pieces because yeah. we started to play with but those i also and build stuff but don't want instructions i don't want to spend money on lego pieces because one they're so overpriced and two i'm pretty sure we have family who is just begging to give us like 10 million lego pieces if we are willing to ask for them yeah um i love legos so much beth you have no idea this is a phase of parenting I'm not looking forward to because I really don't want to have a house covered in Legos. But You got to get trays. My mom has it all figured out. She has designated Lego play areas and they have trays with these little ledges. So you don't lose any. They don't end up on the floor. Or if they are on the floor, there's a big blanket for them. And uh, she's had a lifetime of Lego maintenance. This is actually something my mom had on vacation that my aunt gave her which is these rubber mats yeah those that are, cool. are trays they're like very flexible that she her idea was that kids could paint on them and spill paint whatever and it doesn't run off but she actually bought them at the pet store and they're, oh, rubber, they're for dog food bowls yeah they're stuff. for like cat and dog food bowls and yeah. it's just like a rubber mat so that stuff doesn't spill everywhere and Mason might as well be a puppy when it comes to eating all kids are puppies i yeah. think um yeah so, so we haven't decided what we're actually going to do for his birthday, but we have daycare cake covered. We have some presents. We also ordered a, I ordered on eBay, a 
plastic dinosaur from the 1980s to match oh, yeah. the one he has from your childhood, which they're both featured in the book he loves, What the Dinosaurs Did at School. And Do you want to know how selfish I am? You thought it was for you when I ordered it? Yeah, and I thought it was the most thoughtful gift you'd ever given me. <laughs> uh, You're but, insane. I know. Um, I mean, no, I didn't think that you actually got it for me, but when I saw it, I... I felt an, an incredible emotional reaction of this. That was yeah. one of my favorite toys ever. These are big, dumb dinosaurs. Again, a balancing because he's been reading this book and he knows that he has one of the dinosaurs from it, which is kind of it's bizarre like the, because it's a dinosaur from the 1980s. It's like knowing a celebrity. Yeah. And so he he points at the book and says he wants the other ones. And it's almost impossible to find them online yeah. on eBay. Or like you could... The thing is I could order like five mismatched 1980s dinosaurs for like $140, which is insane. Yeah. And only one or two of them would be actually well, from the book. Well, I know another one is still at my mom's house, so we'll have to just go steal it. What? Which one? The Stegosaurus. Oh, yeah. That was that one's really hard to find online. All right, we got to grab that. If you know what we're talking about, you know what, maybe this will be the it's picture a, for this week's episode is the dinosaurs. It's a very specific brand of 1980s toy dinosaurs called Dorme. And if you look up that brand or more recent plastic dinosaurs, they don't tend to make them as big as that. Yeah, that's what's so great about them. There's a huge plastic dinosaur. I want it. Anyway, we now have two. So, well, someday. Someday we'll have all the dinosaurs. Happy birthday, Bryn! Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes 
I guess identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Uh, thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This next segment is called Did You Knows? And for the first time ever, we're going to learn something from Beth. Yes. Beth learned something and she took the <laughs> fact telling. Well, thank you for saying that as if it's so rare for me to learn something. That's my. That's what I was implying is that um, you're so dumb. It's you don't just know that things. you love mansplaining so much. And, and you let me. And I've ceded that territory to you. Mm-hmm. But not today. So my cousin sent me this article and it's from the British Psychologist. The British Psychological Society Research Digest. Um, juicy. Juicy. And she sent it to me actually because there's a picture of a girl that looks remarkably like Maven with her. She's standing on her mom with her arms crossed. And it reminded her of the video of, on our Instagram where Maven says big fat booty and steps on Brent's butt. <laughs> she's stepping so, on the mom like Captain Morgan does. Yeah. One foot. So that's why she sent it. But it's actually a really interesting article. And the title of the article is... How kids shape their parents' parenting style. Mm. And this is like remarkably sort of like the thesis of what I imagine my parenting style to be, which is no style. Because the first sentence, the first two sentences here are In our culture, we like to speculate about the effects of different parenting styles on children. A lot of this debate is wasted breath. <laughs> and the point of this article is like they did these studies to figure out whether you know, parenting styles are having an effect on the kid or whether the kid is having an effect on the parent's parenting style based on their general nature. And so they compared sets of identical twins versus fraternal twins in how the parents parented them. And what they found is that a lot of our parenting is actually in response to the specific nature of our kid. Um, and I think that's so interesting because yeah. when you read it, they, they make this point in the article, it's sort of like they say a lot of parents know implicitly that no matter how much you try to train yourself to follow these like specific parenting guidelines of mm-hmm. like being incredibly patient and following specific sets of rules, at certain points, it's just so much easier said than done with certain kids in certain moments, depending on their behavior and their stubbornness and et cetera. Um, Absolutely. It's very true when you look at our two kids. I mean, yeah. they're both difficult in their own ways, but they're, um, you just, you at a certain level, you just have to improvise. This is what I've been saying recently. It, it said, you know, there's there's value to hearing about how other people do things and, and patterns that have been successful for them. But you have to keep in mind it's successful for them and their child. Everyone is just figuring out how to parent the child they have. Right. And it's, I do I do think there's certain like core truths to a lot of them and like there are probably um they're probably for the most part effective in most situations, whatever. But I do think also like 
sometimes certain methods are really effective at one age and then your kid hits yeah. a certain age and then it's just like totally useless. So I think the danger is to like read one parenting book and follow it like it's the Bible, I yeah. think. It's when they're really little, it's every every three months, it's a totally different human being and you have to refigure out most right. things it feels like. And then the, the thing in with... In my experience. The thing with parenting literature is like they'll develop these like methods and things that are like week to week specific about how your kid will change and grow and how like how those things will change and the they map it to a certain extent it is true and helpful but at the same time again you can't predict any one kid and how yeah. uh they're going to hit those benchmarks at such a specific time so like everything, I relate this back to being an improv teacher where I'm trying to get a bunch of adults to learn a very specific skill. And there's a lot of things I've learned over the years that if I make everyone do this, they're m more likely to uh, learn the core lesson than not. But I also know that there's people are going to react to it differently because they are different people and everyone needs a slightly different approach to achieve the same goal right because no one's coming from the same place different people are motivated in different ways mm -hmm. and i'm sure if we were teaching maven how to swim two years from now she would respond to the instructions of doggy paddling because mm -hmm. i think she picks up on things like that from other people and she likes those cues and i yeah. grin doesn't want to hear it yeah he also is much more of a performer like you instead of a observer yeah. and so when i told him when i tried to explain to him how to doggy paddle instead of doing it he started barking like a dog in the water <laughs> you know what i think that uh, that probably helped him more than anything i told him i was like reach and then pull is the like pretend you're a dog you know and then he saw that dog what what were oh, there yeah, one he point did see that dog. a very old dog swam across the entire lake to bring us a stick to throw there was um a Swedish man who lived across uh, the lake. He was Swiss. Swiss. His name was Bruno, I think. Yeah. He was like old. He looked like a Werner Herzog character. <laughs> and sounded like one. And, and sounded like one. And he um, had a big dog that swam across the lake and was bothering us in a nice way. Um, they called Bruno. Bruno came down. He's the, the Swiss caretaker that just lives in the woods by himself. And he comes down and gets on his raft which is built on top of three surfboards and has the tiniest outboard motor I've ever seen oh, attached yeah. to the a car battery. It was insane. It was like if you took like a wooden dock that was like many, many years old and it had moss growing all along the edges of it. It was like... It had been there for a while. It felt like in... Um, Lord of the Rings, when the Ents come to life and then you just see this like mossy old thing moving and you're like, this is not supposed to be moving. That's supposed to stay in place. I thought you were going to talk about Buckleberry Fairy. Buckleberry? No. Uh, not that the reference for you, nerds. But it, just, it didn't look like that was something that should be moving across the lake towards us. It was like a, <laughs> a decrepit, moldy... Uh, it was shocking. And he got across and he goes, I did not expect the motor to work. It's been out for all year. He said, this is the first time I've taken it out this year. Yeah. And it was like, it was August. So, Well, yeah, yeah I don't think he was swimming a lot. No. He, my, I, my aunt told me that he said that um, he likes to have his friends over to smoke pot on the weekends. That is not surprising. No. 
I wish I could have spent more time with him. <laughs> uh, so we are parenting the only way our kids will let us, which is in well, reaction to them. It's a hodgepodge of effort and non-effort. This next segment is called Would You Knows. This is where uh, one of our listeners posits a hypothetical parenting situation for us. And for the first time this week, we have a voicemail recording that we're going to play for you. Hi, this is Nicholas from Brooklyn, and I have a Would You Knows. So let's say that you and your family are uh, either out on uh, on the beach or maybe in like a cornfield in the middle of Iowa. Uh, point is, you're, you're all alone. It's just your family there. And all of a sudden in the sky, uh, there's a huge burst of light and these magnificent aliens arrive and you're, you're certain they're real aliens. There's no way that special effects could capture this, uh, the, the incredible majesty of it all. It's incredible. You're just like, wow, these are real aliens. And the aliens step out of their ship and they approach you and they uh, are able to communicate with you, and they say, hey, so we just discovered that there is an apocalyptic meteor heading for uh, Earth, and we have two extra spots on our ship. We're going to take your kids. Is that cool with you? We uh, could take you guys, but you wouldn't want to leave your kids to die here on this um, scary, scary planet. There's not a lot of time. Uh, I guess my question is, and it seems like they know what they're talking these are very nice aliens. Any question you ask them uh, generally lines up with, um, yep, yeah, no, uh, we're, we're aliens. We know everything, uh, and uh, we're super smart. So would you let your kids go on the spaceship alone with these aliens, thinking that maybe you would be saving their lives? Or would you say, oh, no, aliens, that's okay. We're all going to uh, go kaboom together. Um, let me know. All right, bye. Wow. <laughs> My favorite part of all of that is just how in love Nicholas seems to be with these aliens. <laughs> They're majestic. They're trustworthy. I want to be friends with these he aliens. He paints a picture of them as fairly trustworthy, and but I'm still having a hard time. You still have a hard time trusting them, aren't you? Yeah. I if I, this in the in the movie ideal version of this story, this origin story for some uh human who lives in space. Uh, we would hand over our kids. But in yeah. reality, I think that'd be nearly impossible to do. I mean, he's making a really strong point that at the end of the discussion, we believe their logic. And I we mean, believe that we're going to die and only two people can live. He does paint a really positive picture of them because if they're evil aliens, wouldn't they just try to wrestle our kids from us? And not ask our permission? Well, they're not e evil. They're just... Uh, I know. Yeah. I'm just saying, in the scenario where we're trying to figure out if they're evil or not, You're it's right. like... So I would trust them. You'd be like, yeah, if you have this much technology, you could just take them. I think... Here's the question for me. Is, okay, so maybe we give up our two kids, but is, is this going to be... In my mind, I'm going... Should I send these two kids away or should I send you and one of our kids Whoa. so that that person, because them just like suddenly being around aliens and like that's their whole life. Is that traumatizing or is that going to be normalized? Uh, do they need a person that understands them 
to be with them so that their life is not complete misery. What are their what are these aliens parenting styles or would these aliens adjust their parenting styles? I mean, I could see why they would want our kids and not one of us because if you're like going out of your way to take in a human being and support them, you want them probably to learn about your culture and grow up in it and and accept it as normal and not like constantly be like questioning it. The same way like if you learn a foreign language at a young age, it's going to be much easier for you than like trying to learn it at 30. I, like yeah, well, the if con- one of us goes, we're just dead weight to these aliens. Like they're just like, <laughs> Oh God. Or no, like then now they have someone to take care of that child that they picked up. Cause like, mm. they don't know how the child works. I don't know. I don't think it's like that what, hard to keep a human. What are, yeah, they, what are these aliens take Brandon and Maven to their planet and they're like, here's lunch and it's poison and they're dead. And if you have a parent there to be like, Hey, what's in this? Humans can't eat all things. I, I don't know. You're giving yourself a lot of credit to be able to look at alien food and tell if it's poison or not. Well, I'd have the sense to ask, what is this? You're not a chemist. Well, Do you know what the chemical compounds are of poison versus alien food? And you think the, they could read you off a sheet of the all point the is, components? you or I could at no, least... No, we're dead weight. We, we could at least understand. wonder. We would, we would... We're best positioned to take care of our children in that situation no i don't think so well i, I if mean the, if the baby if it was a baby if it's like a maybe even a one-year-old i can understand why i'm valuable to have there for yeah. emotional support etc breastfeeding at our at the current age i don't like yeah it's going to be traumatic but kids survive it's true True. Kids are designed to uh, withstand tra- uh, to to deal with trauma more than they are sometimes given credit for. As long as these aliens understand affection to some degree and like have some sort of empathy, which I think they do, if they're coming to. Save I mean, our they're kids. magnificent aliens, majestic, <laughs> thoughtful, caring, and patient. It sounds like they're patient. They took a lot of questions. Yeah. So in my mind, they're like just zooming by the planet and they're like oh crap look at that meteor maybe we could save some people while we're right here and they go down yeah. and they're like we can save two we got seats for two i'm still having a hard time trusting them and this is unfortunately just reminding me of these ice situations where <laughs> a, bit, a lot of times they because they didn't want to have like a yeah. traumatic scene they would tell these immigrant moms like oh um we're just going to take your kid over here for a second and we just need you to sign this Thing that signs your rights away and um, yeah. every, everything's going to be fine and they like barely speak English and they think they basically think they're just like entering the country with yeah. some degree of like yes. uh, whatever. So I don't think I, 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 I feel much closer to these aliens uh, and I trust them more than ICE agents. Oh for sure. So I think the question. They're definitely smarter. <laughs> I think the I mean if yeah if the, if the planet's going to blow up the, I think the core question is, of course, I would let my children live. I wouldn't keep them here and have us all die. I don't. I really don't think in the moment, though, you would make that choice. That's that is unknowable. I I think it is very. It's, it's very possible we just be like, no, no. There's got to be got to be a way. I don't believe you. I don't trust you. But if there was enough time to face the fact that it, that truly was the choice we were making, yeah. I mean, it's just like I think it's human nature to like act out of fear and make the bad choice and like 
it's like so many people when there's like a hurricane coming and they have a chance to evacuate and they're like, I'm not leaving my house. And it's like, what are you doing? Like, but that's how we are. Like we're. Oh, you just made that idiot Southern. What does that say about you elite East Coaster? I that hurricanes are more likely to happen in the South. All right. Good answer. I accept it. Um, but I mean, our scuba instructor did this in the Cayman Islands. He stayed That's in true. the South during a hurricane and he regretted it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But That's I think another whole story anyway, but like I, um, Nick, we would give the aliens our kids if we were calm enough to think through it. And if we we're emotional, dumb animals, like we probably are, we might make the wrong choice. We don't know, Nicholas. So why don't you take your aliens you love so much? <laughs> And why don't you go with them? That's what we do. We'd say, you know what? We're not going to go, but our friend Nick would love to go. Thank you, Nick. That was Would You Knows. This has been another episode of We Knows Parenting. If you would like to reach out and uh, tell us about your parenting stories, questions, would you knows, you can email us at weknowspod at gmail.com or you can leave us a voicemail at 347-384-7396. You can find that number also on our website, weknowsparenting.com. While you're there, why not check out our new merch store? You can get a t-shirt, We Knows Parenting. You can get a I'm a Handsome Mommy t-shirt or uh, an I'm a Beautiful Fart Daddy t-shirt yeah and more stuff is coming yeah so keep an eye on that beth uh, what do you want to al- plug i uh wanted to plug something totally unrelated to the podcast which is a friend of the podcast guy branham's book is out it's called my life as a goddess and i'm really enjoying it you actually so you seem to really love this book like i want to read it but you literally are holding it every time no i just home. finished you can go uh, well i shall begin well, that'll do it for us. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at We Knows Pod. Uh, that's it. Beth, you want to say goodbye? Bye. Bye. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes. That it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side.